When I was in seminary, there was this guy, Robert, who was studying, like all of us, to be a pastor. And he was from Texas. He was tall and lean and lanky. He had a big voice, and he was kind of loud. Now, while most of us at Union were studying the finer points of Calvin or feminist theology, Robert had come to learn how to convert the heathen. Robert struggled with some of our metaphorical takes on scripture and the focus on saving people from oppression rather than hell. But we helped him get through the shock that God did not create the world in six literal 24-hour periods. And when it came time for ordination exam, Robert helped all of us learn the Bible because he had been raised a Baptist. And in the Bible content examination, which we had to pass for our ordination, we needed to cite the book and chapter of Bible stories. Robert could name that Bible verse in three words, as a deer. Psalm 42, verse 1, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. Arise, my fair. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, arise, my fair one, and come away with me. Chapter 2, verses 10 and 13. Train children in. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Chain children in the right way, and when old, they will not stray. We all had to study with Robert to learn the mnemonics, all those memory exercises, and have him drill us so that we could cite book and chapter of a hundred Bible verses. And Robert got us through it. We all take tests. Physicians take board exams. Lawyers must pass the bar. Teachers take certification exams. We defend dissertation. Soldiers are tested to be ready for battle. And these tests we choose because we love what we do and we want to live up to our calling. But there are many tests we do not choose. Illness can severely test our ability to hope. Trouble can tempt us to cut ourselves off from others. Families test our capacity to forgive. And there are tests we didn't, we wish we didn't have to take. The stress test, the blood test, the MRI. But it's not only hard times that test our faith, but also times of success when we're doing well. It can be easy to be tempted to believe we did it by ourselves. And we don't need God. We can forget that God has commanded us to help others and be tempted not to do it. Even though we pray, lead us not into temptation, we are tempted to be less than the creative, loving, joyful, whole people that God has created us to be. We are tempted and get stuck and bitter and judgmental, anxious, 
cranky, too tired, sometimes overwhelmed with despair. We get tempted to give up on justice and fairness and what is right, tempted to give up on God's dream for our world. But in all of these temptations, we are not alone. We have help. Jesus has just been baptized when he goes into the wilderness. He does not go of his own accord. The Holy Spirit didn't just lead him. The Holy Spirit drives him there. Come on, Jesus, get in the car. We're going to the desert, and you are going up against the devil. Now, all the tests that Jesus faced are attempts to test Jesus into being something less than who God created him to be. Jesus could have been a populist leader turning stones into bread instead of teaching people that there's more to life than having it all. One does not live by bread alone. Deuteronomy 3, Deuteronomy 8, chapter Verse 3, Jesus could have chosen the power of ruling over people instead of loving people. The power of loving people. Worship the Lord your God and serve only God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. Jesus could have tested God to see whether or not really would show up for him when he needed help. Instead of developing a much deeper, abiding relationship developed over time through prayer with trust. Jesus says to the devil, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. Jesus has a scripture verse for every test that the devil gives him, which leads us to the conclusion that Jesus is a Baptist. Jesus had help. God was with him. The Holy Spirit reminded him of his tradition and the stories of his faith. The Holy Spirit kept telling him, just as it had in his baptism, you are God's beloved child. This is who you are, born to teach people how to love and to love our neighbors as ourselves. When we find ourselves in the desert tested, we must remember that we are not alone. We have the Holy Spirit poured into us at our baptisms. And we have Jesus who has gone before us and has mastered the tests and can lead us through. There is a spiritual goodness in creation that has been tested by evil and come out clearer and stronger. A couple of stories. Janice's mother had died a couple of years before and now her father, Hank, was failing. For months he had been going downhill at times, he did not remember her name. Janice moved into his house. 
and found herself in the wilderness of caring for the dying and grieving for her father. Her family worried that she was in denial. She really didn't think or believe that he was going to die. And they were concerned about her and asked the church to pray for her. What would happen if she never really accepted it, if she never said goodbye? Was she going to get stuck in that grief? And then came Michael. He was with hospice. And he explained to Janice what was happening to her father physically what his breathing meant. And he showed her how to put the oxygen mask on to help her dad be more comfortable. Janice found that it made a difference in her to know that she could help him and accept what was happening. Michael walked her through day by day. He celebrated Hank's good days. He docked Janice through the bad ones. He was even there when Hank died. In the end, Janice said of her dad's death that it was beautiful, that she had experienced a mystery. In the person of Michael, Christ had met her and walked her through the desert. Another story, perhaps you saw this in yesterday's Metro section in the Washington Post. Next week, a boy named James will walk into school and get his own little bottle of hand sanitizer. He lives in Flint, Michigan, where the water is contaminated. He doesn't know if he's been poisoned or not, but he's afraid, like all of his classmates, he's afraid to wash his hands from the tap water at the school. People in Flynn truly are in a desert without water. Isaiah comes from a different place, wealthy suburb in Virginia, which can also be a desert with its own temptations. It's focusing in. But this is not the case with seven-year-old Isaiah. He heard about the children in Flint, and he wanted to send them some bottled water. Well, his parents called the secretary of the school, and she said what they really needed was hand sanitizer. They had tons of bottled water. So Isaiah's mother helped him set up GoFundMe online And in less than two days, they had enough money to supply the school with hand sanitizers. And the whole program grew. And now they can get hand sanitizers in those little bottles that the kids like so much. From Bed Bath & Beyond and Body Works, good Lord, they can all get their own little bottle of hand sanitizer. Sometimes Jesus comes to help us in those who may not be in the same wilderness that we are, but through their empathy, choose to meet us there 
in solidarity. We do that for each other in Christ. In the process of writing this sermon, I couldn't remember Robert's name. And so I picked up my iPhone and I messaged a couple of friends of mine from seminary, Stacy Allen and Eunice Hyatt, and they got back to me right away. I said, Who, what was the name of the tall guy from Texas? And it was Robert, Robert Haringa. And then one of them said, you know, he died about 10 years ago. And I said, what? Really? And Eunice happened to be on a layover in Salt Lake City. It was a long layover. And she Googled Robert and found a picture of his gravestone, which she texted to me. And there it was, Robert R. Haringa, January 31st, 1963 to November 17th, 2005. And carved in the polished stone were the words, I tried to live up to the verse, well done, good and trustworthy servant, enter into the joy of your master. Matthew 25, verse 21. And there's a photo etched. I didn't know they did this, but there was a photo etched into the granite of Robert wearing Hawaiian shirt. It was perfect. I couldn't find how he died, just that he had. And it's strange when you find out one of your contemporaries has died. It made me wonder why I am still alive. There are six Sundays in Lent. This is the first, and Palm Sunday will be the last, and then there's Easter. But Lent is this special time to take stock of one's life, to go into the desert and take the tests again. Are you turning stones into bread? How's that going for you? How are you using your power? Do you trust God's love? Since we have one who was tested as we are but without sin, let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Amen.